Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have a special episode. We got my business partner, Max Jimenez with Max Cash Offers. And we're going to be talking about how he placed over the weekend at the Closures Olympics, um, what he learned and so on. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, sales trainer for some of the top wholesalers in the country. And I'm a mission to create 100 millionaires. The question I get all the time is how to become one of the 100 millionaires. If you will take the information from this podcast and execute it consistently, you will become one in the next five to seven years. If you want to get there faster, send me a message on Instagram and we'll see if we can help you. If you get value out of the show, please tag a friend below. <clears throat> Share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And before we get into this, just want to announce a couple of chip winners. We got Landon Cobb, who got the green chip. Uh, he was able to close already over 25 deals already. Uh, we got Carson Demick with a purple chip. And he awesome. has done 100K in just one month. So wow. if you guys are interested... Right. And getting your poker chips that we'll send to you at no cost. We'll even cover shipping and handling. Let us know. We'd love to celebrate you guys on your journey. Uh, this is a live show. So please ask your questions for Max to answer. So before we get into all that, there was something you want to say as far as thank you and, and, and so on. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one one thing right is to we put events on. Right. We put workshops and it, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah, and, it does. You know, it, most people just see. The people that are, you know, us that are either teaching or, or or up there speaking, but there's a lot of people in the background. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody, you know, from the Closer Olympics, you know, the the media team, you know, the integrators in the background. I mean, those guys did a phenomenal job because it's already difficult to actually have a workshop or have a, a, an event in person. I can only imagine what went in the back online trying to maintain and then all these high D level personalities. <laughs> a whole bunch of visionaries with uh, no direction. So, yeah, yeah, all these drivers. I mean, and I'm saying that not to tease our friends, but really because that's <laughs> indicative of Max and myself. We're not projecting, we're describing ourselves here. Of course. And uh, I think that's huge. They did a phenomenal job. I shared this with Elijah today. Like, man, your team was awesome. Uh, you know, from everything, right? From the systems to the software, uh, you know, from making us look good. Yeah. Uh, and even all the way up to the hospitality, make sure that, you know, because here's my thing. Like if somebody sends me a text or an email, you know how we are with emails. Um, so they were really on top of it to keep mm -hmm. us informed, you know, with even a, a great uh, Instagram group together. Yeah. I mean, just making sure that us, you know, uh, we stay in, in, in form. Yeah, we, were, we were staying in the loop. Elijah, <laughs> incredible follow-up, follow-through. Yeah. He would not let me slack if I was not doing what I was supposed to do. Yeah. It yeah. was a text message every hour on the hour. Yeah. So, yeah, just shout Amazing out to work. Elijah Rubin, right? King of Crisp, baby, fast, uh, baby face assassin, <laughs> Keith Everett. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Aaron Bevins, Millennial Entrepreneur, and Alex Sines. Uh, they, they put on a great, uh, uh, they led a great uh, event. Yeah. And then we get Annalise Maddox, Jen Coronado, for putting up with all of us behind the scenes, making us look good. And I know I'm missing people. Yeah. I just, those are the ones that, that come off the What about head. the MCs? Oh my God. That was and, awesome. And Pat Hilton and, 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 and Byron, uh, the investor, right? I, yeah. I, um, you're jealous. I wish I had Byron's voice. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I had it. So. The whole time uh, when somebody else was competing, I was like, I was waiting for him to come back on and be like, whoa, that yeah. was awesome. Whoa. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I think he's got unfair advantage. You know, if he's, if you get that voice, I think he's just naturally close voice, more right? deals. Yeah. He just naturally close more deals. He probably doesn't even need any sales skills. He just closes deals. He, I think he would sound like, so it sounds like, it yeah. seems like, <laughs> <laughs> where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think they did a great job and, you know, a special thank you from, from Max and myself 
<clears throat> for allowing us to participate, Max as a contestant and myself as a judge, yeah. uh, to really highlight us as well because they didn't have to ask us, right? They no, could ask they anybody. Yeah. So, you know, they reached out to us to participate. So we're really grateful for that opportunity. 100%. Yeah, and I think um, you're right. They didn't have to ask us. I know when Elijah reached out, he already had mentioned that he already reached out to you to be a judge. And he's like, it's okay. I know they're gonna, there's going to be a little controversy, but that's mm -hmm. what isn't, right? What doesn't yeah. have controversy? So, <laughs> yeah, well, Even though there wasn't a lot, you actually scored me low. So we're going to talk about that today. Where You scored me low, bro. Uh, I mean, this is kind of <laughs> what I said, right? You saw this in the group text or the group uh, IG message, right? Like, there's three things you can count on in life, right? Death taxes and a low score for me i mean just yeah i know uh, I, my, my kids sent me a, a youtube video right? right and it was like uh you know asian parents right right and it's this this father talking to his four-month-old daughter is like you know how do you spell disappointment <laughs> y-o-u and <laughs> they already get this they're already familiar with these jokes so, so. so going back to what i was saying about byron like i will every time that you would judge he would come on or every time they would come on after you were judging they're like you know if you get a score beyond the drinking, drinking, what do you say? The drinking, the age, drinking age, you know, you won from Steve. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. not wrong. Funny. I mean, no, but you did good judging. I think uh, it was, um, I like that even though the score was low, you, you explain how come it was low. Right. Yeah. And I think people love that because in the comment section, when you would give your score, they were, they were like, they were, they were lighting you up. Everyone right? was lighting Yeah. <laughs> they even wanted, there was one guy that wanted to fight you, but and we won't like, talk about that. It was that. like Friday, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. But then after, you know, you gave the score and then they would, um, uh, then you would say, well, how come you gave that score? Mm -hmm. And here's why. Then people are like, oh man, that makes sense. And they're yeah. like, sensei Steve knows what he's talking about. And <laughs> it was a blast. It was, yeah. it was, it was, it was, it was a blast for sure. Yeah, it was good. All right. So, um. Let's talk about uh, your experience. Yeah. Like, well, how, how was the experience for you? You know, um, ever since Elijah told me, you know, hey, you know, you, uh, I'm inviting you to be part of the Closer Olympics. Just want to know if you would accept. I immediately told him yes um, for a couple of reasons, right? Um, those type of events, what happens is that besides the exposure, um, it's an opportunity to give back. You know, we're a big believer in impact and giving back. And I think, you know, I told him today, as a matter of fact, when I was talking to him, the real winners were the audience, right. you know, the people that paid to be on the live and those that are eventually buying the replay. Just because I believe that everybody that was that that participated had something that they um, that they they were able to show show and give, you know, for the people that tuned in, the people that watch. So that was my main thing is like. I have an opportunity to maybe show someone. And, and the way I described it was, what would you tell someone that was on the fence, you know, that doesn't want to buy the or pay the ninety seven dollars and I and I shared the story when I went to uh, Sean Terry's event the first event it was ninety nine dollars mm -hmm. but that event changed changed my life and I said this is the same thing you could already be doing deals and potentially what you hear from one of these fourteen people maybe you're struggling to have a conversation maybe you're struggling to say like say the right things when you're talking to sellers this ninety seven dollars or this event's going to change that for you yeah and so that's the way I looked at it right like. We're going to change a lot of people's lives by the way they communicate, by the way they might talk to sellers, help them uh, establish a sales process. But it was awesome. Um, that was the main thing for me. I want to touch on that real quick. Yeah. Because right? uh, we went to Sean Terry's event. Like, you, like mm -hmm. you went in 2015, right? 99 mm -hmm. bucks. And then you got an email promotion. It's like, you know, 97 bucks. Yep. You can come with a friend. So yep. at this time, you were technically back then. Max was still working for me, not with me. Right. <laughs> so he was an employee. Um, and he's like, Hey, you know, I went to this last year it was huge. 
why don't you uh, uh, why don't we do it again so yeah. I bought it right so the two of us <laughs> for ended up going yeah 97 right. dollars and bring a friend <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing though right um, so this is 2016 the we got to learn a lot of theory right we got to yeah. learn about the business see right. how it works right but at an event you're still kind of like is this real right can I really do this or is this a scam where they're going to upsell me to some expensive mastermind coaching program, whatever, right? Yep. Like that's kind of the thoughts in your head if of you've course. never done a deal before. Of course. But what's really cool is there's this thing that happens when you close your very first deal. Mm-hmm. Once you close your very first deal, it's like, okay, this is real. Yeah, this is real. Right? Yeah. Now I can think about quitting my job. Right. Now my wife is going to believe me when I tell her about this. Yeah. And so I believe that the Closers Olympics event provides more reality, more truth, more believability to exactly. give more faith because yeah. they were watching us actually lock up deals yeah. over the phone. That's interesting that you say that. I actually didn't even think about that. I, I was I was more focusing on the side of, you know, what can they take away? But they're actually witnessing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not something that somebody's talking about. Like, this is live. We're talking to there's real no sellers. Upsells no, there's I mean, no I was upsells. I think I was the only one upselling them all, all, <laughs> all weekend. <laughs> yeah, but no, um, you know, one thing that's true, because it's one thing to go to an event where they're showing you slides and how this works. And you and I have a mutual uh, uh, understanding of, you know, you put some people in that in that type of environment, they're going to fall f- flat on their face, right? Yeah. That's most just, of them will. Most of them will. Um, but it was it's good to, to it was good it's good to think about that because they're seeing the skills being put on display and actually and and not only because we have a coaching program but we're using them right Mm -hmm. and that's what i tell a lot of people the difference is they ask like how did you guys like how do you like i don't like that's amazing like how you guys because we're doing it right we're We're, we're getting our face kicked and you know (laughs) we're out there talking to sellers uh our team you know they're doing the same thing and i'm i'm right there side by side with them but I think that's really awesome, right? You get to, you know, you hear, I guess you can put it in a way like you hear about a lot of people, how they, how they talk about Michael Jordan, but those that witness him that did it, that's mm-hmm. even another 10 X level. Yeah. yeah. Is that believability? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, going back to the feedback, right? Like we have the great fortune of coaching many of the top people. Right. I yeah. mean, uh, I say this from time to time, like we have uh, over 60 clients in collective genius, right? These guys yeah. are the top wholesalers in the country, yep. right? Yep. We have 60 clients within there. And I think that, What's really cool, and I didn't expect this, what's really yeah. cool about coaching those guys is that it's made us better. Yeah. Right. 100%. As coaches, because man, like that fear, right? Only the paranoid survive. You have to get better yeah. if you're going to lead other people. And 100%. so it's forced us to get better. And by forcing us to get better, naturally, our yeah. team does better. Yeah. No, 100%. I agree with that. Um, I think that, you know, well, there's some people that will, that do teach it. But what makes us, I think, get better, not not I think, but I know that makes us get better when we teach it is that we're actually going back and mm-hmm. doing it. That's, I think that is the big difference. You're the right lab there. as well. Yeah. We're, we're, we got a real live experiment. Yeah. We got a yeah. real live experiment. It's like so. the, one of the ones that I always talk about, you know, like probably haven't thought about how much you're going to need. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you just, <laughs> you just throw that out there on every postcard. Yeah. Right. Every time someone calls in on a direct mail piece, you're like, ah, oh, you probably haven't thought about how much you're going to need. And they're like, no, no, here's, here's how much I need. Right. We know it works on postcard. It doesn't work on TV. It doesn't work on pay-per-click. It only works on direct mail. <laughs> but it's really fascinating, right? But we get to learn these things yeah. because we're applying it. Exactly, exactly. You know, going back to what you said earlier, like, what was my ex- what was my experience, you know, besides the impact that was made? For me personally, um, I feel like there was some, there was, there was, uh, it was great to be able to not only do it live and, and around other people. One thing that Elijah and I were talking about today is that I actually learned. I learned from other closers, right? Top A closers around the country because 
you always think, you know, when you're in your bubble, if you want to call that right, mm-hmm. your sales process, like this is the way, this is the best way. And, and not necessarily it's the best way, but you always consider it like this is the way we always need to do it. And so I told Elijah today, man, I learned from everybody. I learned that, you know, how they position themselves in certain way, how do they say certain things. Um, and, and so I took away a lot personally. I learned a lot because, you know, I'm always I'm a, I'm a student, a forever learner. But I did learn a lot. I shared that with him. He's like, man, that's awesome to hear. Like, yeah, dude, I learned. I learned so as well. So let's go for the listeners that are listening. Yeah. Right? Like, what, what did you learn uh, over the weekend? So I wrote down a couple of things myself. Yeah. So the one thing, uh, we'll start with the winner, right? Obviously, we'll give him props, uh, RJ. Um, I mean, congratulations to RJ. He was the luckiest one <laughs> this weekend. So congratulations. He did get lucky. <laughs> you know, he slammed us on that video, right? Like, uh, he's like, where Pat's like, he's going for the knockout. Oh, the referee has to stop it. And he's like, oh. So I so I, I put a message. I'm like, bro, why do you have to do Monif and myself like that? Yeah. But then I But then I threw a jab. I said, it's not like you locked it up at 50,000. Oops. <laughs> so he hit me back. He's like, at least I don't have to ask the seller what happens next. <laughs> so we're throwing jabs. Um, and that's the, that's the one thing I learned, right? Like when I was, when somebody else was going, uh, uh, when they were doing their thing, right? Talking to sellers, I noticed in the comment section, even though we're competitive, when they were like ready, they were either talking or, or they were moving into a position where they need to move the seller to the close. Mm-hmm. I saw everybody, all the other contestants like, get them, like, let's go. You got it. Like mm-hmm. push or, you know, or if they were struggling, hey, it's time to hang up. So I saw that. That was really good to see. I mm-hmm. learned that even though we were competing against each other, it was still a really good uh, because we're all in the same same boat. Right. Mm-hmm. Top eight closers. Um, but for me, uh, one thing from RJ, what I learned is, is just how smooth he is, right? Trustworthy right off the back. Now, I don't know if it's that Southern accent or what it is, but... I got some theories. <laughs> I do too. What are yours? Uh, well, he's supposed to come on Tuesday. I don't know if he's going to come, but I think for him is that he's got the, the uh, insane confidence yeah. because he is able to buy it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's something that's really important. If you've got the finances behind you and we argue like you should get the finances behind you, yeah. obviously we're in a wholesaling business. Right. But I also believe that as a matter of integrity, we should be able to close whatever we can wholesale. Right. That's a yeah. personal opinion that you and I both have. Yeah, of course. Integrity is a core value. Right. And so for him, he's got the finances secured. So mm-hmm. no matter what happens, yeah, yeah, he can close. Yeah, definitely. And knowing you can buy it and hoping you can wholesale it are two different levels 100%. of conviction. Yeah. Right. So I think that's the first thing. Second thing is I think, his communication style, I'm curious to see what his, um, his predictive index is mm. because he uses a lot of us right. and we uh, words versus you and me and I, right? Mm-hmm. Like you hear someone say, let me, tell you how, let me tell you what I can do for you. Right, right. Okay, this is about you and me. It's kind of adversarial, right? Yeah. It's like, how can we make this happen? You know, yep. how, how can we help you get to where you want to be? The different conversation yeah. It's very consultative. It's very... We're doing this together. I'm going to help you get to where you are. Yep. It's a different conversation. I believe that is very disarming. Yeah. And the other thing too with him, as I noticed, is his 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 report is really genuine, mm-hmm. right? And he doesn't even look for something to build report off of. A lot of a lot a lot of closer, a lot of salespeople, they're always looking for that golf club in the corner, right? Mm-hmm. That quote unquote golf clubs in the corner to to start building report, something they can talk about. But he actually starts it. That's one thing that I learned is he starts it by either sharing a story about his son or sharing a story. Hey, yeah. or like just simply saying, I got a hockey game I got to go to. So I'm yeah. trying to get a contract today. Yeah. Like well, he said on the call, like, hey, my friends and I are in a, com- in a competition to see who can lock yeah, up. Yeah, he first. did. That was awesome. I was yeah. blown away. Like, oh, dang. Yeah, totally open and transparent. He's not hiding anything. No, he's not hiding anything. So I love that style, right? Because I think it's just you're being transparent. 
you know, it's him buying the property, like you're saying. He's got the ability to close on it, which makes it even stronger mm-hmm. because he positions himself as the buyer and then not just as a buyer, but the ability to close on it, not just looking for that wholesale deal. I think that was really, really awesome. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what else did you did you learn from that? Um, the second thing, I, I'm 100 percent agreement with you with uh, Manny, Manny Cash. That guy, I mean, he's the he's the loved grandson. Right. I think you shared that. I actually watched your whole life this morning, by the way, the, okay. the feedback you did. So. Uh, I think uh, Manny Cash is is someone that's gonna man. He's gonna develop really good. He's come here, he's, Sonny. Let me tell you everything. Yeah, exactly. How you doing, Miss? How you doing? Come here, sit over here. I'm gonna tell you my whole life. Yeah. He's got that instant trustworthy voice, and and people talk to him. Mm-hmm. People people tell him their whole story. And how can I help you? Oh wow! Like you know, and and he calls him Mr. Willie, Mr. Steve. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Willie, Mr. Willie. Yeah, yeah. He did really well. I think he's got that friendly voice where people instantly feel comfortable to give him you know, whatever he, rec- he needs to be able mm-hmm. to move the deal forward for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Steven Morales as well. You know, he's a, he's a killer. Um, you know, I like his, uh, his approach as well too. I think, uh, Steven has this thing where, where he's, I see some, some of me in him just because he moves pretty quickly mm-hmm. from, from people to people. Um, you know, I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it before. And me and him have been on the live on Instagram when I was back, when I was doing the lives and, um, he's got a style where he'll disqualify pretty fast. Yeah. Um, you know, if he has someone that's not really, uh, interested or, or really serious about selling and he knows how to sniff that out pretty fast too as well. So yeah. and he's got yeah. enough reps. Yeah. He's got enough reps as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So. so a couple of things I wrote down, right. One of the things I liked a lot was, uh, Daniel Quijano. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he and I, we had a strong debate yesterday, right? I, yeah, I know. I, I heard it this morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what I really enjoyed was in that conversation with him or in, in listening to him was there was a point in the call where the guy had a deep sigh. Mm. Like, <sighs> yeah. And now there's this awkward silence, right? <laughs> and a lot of people will be uncomfortable with silence. Like, well, how yeah. do I feel? How do I feel it? And he just said, I'm listening. Yeah. Right. And it's like now, <laughs> now, like okay, you're really building your force. So I, I wrote yeah. that down. I thought that was huge. Um, uh, Munif, you know, the mm-hmm. it just shows the power. Yeah. Of mirroring, right? Because that's something that you know that's the cheat code for 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 um, sales. Yep. Is mirroring. Hundred percent. And that guy was the best I saw in mirroring rate of speech, volume of speech, right. and tone. Everything. Right. As soon and the words. Actually, even similarity of voices. I, yeah. There was points where he made he sounded just like yeah. the seller in the in the in the sound of the voice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like because there was people in the chat box that were like, man, he sounds he's he's, he's sounding just like the seller. Like, yeah. wow, the seller's already like he's got him in a trance. Yeah. So yeah. I think for all of us, you know, if you're trying to build a rapport, mirroring is such a cheat code. <laughs> it's an unfair cheat code. Yeah. hundred percent. And you could tell he's worked a lot on, yeah. on mirroring. Yeah, he, he, he has. Um, and I, I told Pace because um, Pace messaged me. And so I said, dude, he's a good student, bro. He's definitely not only a student, but he's an implementer as well, too. So he's going to be re- he's going to do really well. Um, he did really well. The first day he threw me, he kind he surprised me a lot. Um, and so for him to you know, he lo- he's the first one to lock up a contract. That's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, live right mm-hmm. within the 30 minute time frame. So. That's something to be said for someone that's actually only been doing it for seven months or whatever that yeah, time frame is. Yeah, he signed up in March. Yeah, he signed up in March. So, 
uh, that tells you right there that not only is he a good student, but also he does he he goes out and implements it. He goes out and does the work, the reps, and and that's why he was able to be you know come in at second place and be successful uh, in the in the uh, closer Olympics. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, guys, you know, I would love to have you guys uh, inquire, you know, push your questions, you know, for Max and I to answer. Uh, I'm trying to think of some things that, uh, well, you know, I share this with you. So, you know, bear with me. So there are a couple of things where Max and I disagreed. <laughs> Max thinks I'm bitter because I didn't place last year and he did. Right? <laughs> Max, has a, Max has some, you know, personal security issues. Uh, yeah, I just tell her how I see it, bro. I don't how, how you feel about it. That's up to you. I'm telling you how I see it. <laughs> so Max is a little insecure, and it, it comes through in the camera. So just uh, forgive him, forgive him. So there are a couple of things that hmm. I, I would have done differently, right? And it's only only a couple, right? I mean, watching for an hour and a half. Yeah. There's only two things I would do differently. <laughs> so um, one thing I think is a simple hack. Uh, you know, you called that guy during the Saints game. Yeah, yeah. Right, and you start talking about the Saints, right. and like you know, and. You kind of let him steer the, the, the conversation a little bit. Yeah. And we call people, right? Right. And the challenge, what is the challenge? It's of my opinion that if you have the time to answer the call, mm -hmm. then you have time to talk. Yeah, yeah, correct. Right. So if someone says, like, I'm watching the game. Like, for me, the go-to would have been, like, probably don't have one of those DVRs that have a pause button on. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, that would have been good. I did, t I, did uh, I did. ask him, I don't know if you remember, um, when he said he was watching the Saints game, I said... Oh, okay. You're watching the Saints game. And they said, before I even tell you what I'm calling, are they winning or are they losing? I do remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a little something, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. cause if they're losing, obviously, I don't <laughs> think this conversation is going to go well. He's like, yeah, they're losing. Let's, let's just talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I love that, though, because that, you know, might, it creates maybe it's it kind of like a humor factor mm -hmm. to it. And, you know, obviously, I think uh, it, that's a great line. I like that. I'm going to use yeah, it. So I would have done that. It's like, if he said, yeah, there's a pause button. It's like, I probably don't want to press it right now. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's uh it's interesting, right? Because like I haven't re I haven't watched the replay. I don't typically go back and watch a lot of replays, just like the the, the podcast and all that. But I'm I, at some point I am. I'm yeah. gonna go back and watch it. Um, but I the timing, like the thirty minutes, like being time is 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 actually it's interesting. Like being time and trying to close a deal, mm -hmm. even though we got that five five property deal locked up. Oh yeah, so um, all the crap I'm giving Max, he did lock up a five property portfolio. I mean, that's you, it. I mean, that's you, it, Steve. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, in thirty minutes, he locked up a five property portfolio. Whatever. Anyway. You gotta understand, Steve. That he, he, even though it's a five property portfolio, he gives the disappointed dad look. So uh, you got. You I gotta gave him a four him. out of five on ROI. Yes, he did. <laughs> Actually, he gave me a three for. Uh, what'd you give me a three for? For handling objections. No negotiations. Let me see. I'll pull it up. You, dude, you gave me whatever. You gave me a three out of four Dude, or three like out of five living, on, living in the past. for handling objections i had no objections i don't know what you're talking two about. out of five jeez two out of five handling objections. that's terrible dude yeah four out of five elijah don't bring this judge back bro yeah <laughs> it is what it is uh so yeah so that was one thing i would have done differently uh the other thing was you know we talked about scorching the earth right which yeah, yeah. is something that we all love yep our peers hate but we love Right? Of course. Um, and it's something that, you know, we do it. Pace does it. You mm -hmm. know, like we've all done it to each other, unfortunately, mm -hmm. in Phoenix, whatever. But anyway, um, you, you gave that guy some scorched earth uh, tips yeah. mm -hmm. and he got shaky. Yeah, he did. Right. I do remember that. And you let him off the hook. Like in my mind, it's like this is like you're watching UFC, <laughs> you're watching boxing. Right. Once the guys, once the boxers knees got shaky, you got to move forward. Yeah. yeah. And I think you let him off the hook. So I, no, I did. I, I agree with you on that. I did. I yeah. did. So yeah. what I would say, like, you know, Max. You sound a little excited about the other offer. Yeah, because because I did. So I remember I told him, ask for oh, so that were they able to give you a five thousand dollar fund? And when he's like, oh, they were supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm like only if they're real buyers. Oh, yeah. And like <laughs> also if they're real buyers, you know, they should have proof of funds with their name on it. Mm -hmm. 
And then the other thing I told him was that um, zero zero inspection period. Mm-hmm. And he did get really shaky. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Yeah, he's like, oh. oh. And just that, oh, I've been like, <laughs> are you still with me? Are you okay? Yeah, you know, um, now that we're talking about this, and I actually had this thought like right either the next day or right after is that my, uh, what, and I guess we'll get into this a little bit later about mm-hmm. what two things I would have done different. I already thought about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to just go into them or not. Uh, but. We'll go into it in just a second. Okay, so the, cool. the, the one thing that was going through my mind as I was watching this live, right, was that the guy said he had an offer at 110 mm-hmm. and our MAO was 90. Right. So that's why I was thinking maybe that's the reason why you didn't do it because we're already 20K yeah. apart. Yeah. So that's, so going back to what I'm saying about, you know, two things that were done different, but mm-hmm. we'll get into a little about that. No, that's, one, that's one of the, that's, that is one of the calls. Mm-hmm. Um, my mind was if I can get, because it was the last day. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to actually get a contract. Yeah. And I focused on that. Like I zeroed in, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I locked in and I shouldn't have done that. Um, I should have. I should have backed up a little bit from the contract, even though that's the goal to get mm-hmm. the contract live. And that's what I wanted to do, actually. Right, and we wanted to win. Yeah, we wanted to win. And I just went all in for the mm-hmm. win. And so, I mean, I think I did great overall, but that's what hurt me on that call. Mm-hmm. Because I just said, as soon as he said he's got another offer, he's at 110, we're at 90, even though I'd scorched the earth and he, and he, and he wimbled a little bit, I was, I was pretty much done. I'm mm-hmm. on to the next call. Yeah. yeah. What was the other thing you would have done differently? Um, the other thing I would have done differently is, uh, probably, um, uh, what is it? I actually had, I could hear the judges mm-hmm. and I, I thought I took my earpiece off. So I, on the last call, on the very last call, I didn't, I didn't turn them off completely. Mm-hmm. So I overheard, uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody said something and I, and I adjusted in the middle of the game. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like Tom Brady, right? Throwing the ball. And if he hears like the earpiece. And I messed up. I, I and that's one thing I, I got to shut it off completely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one thing I'm saying. And it's not an excuse. It's just I made an adjustment to try to appease the judges to give me a higher score on something. Yeah. And I ended up butchering butchering <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. So that's the same thing I talked to Daniel Kahana, right? Like yeah. uh, he was upset with himself. Yeah. Because he adjusted mid game. I did. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's hard to adjust mid game. You can adjust 100%. beforehand, beforehand practice beforehand, but adjusting yeah. mid game is really really tough. Yeah. There you go. You said a thousand percent. He had the same issue. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Kristen Meyer is asking, well, what are some simple open-ended questions to keep them going or get them talking? Um, I, I, my favorite one is how are you hoping I can help? Mm-hmm. That's always my help. My favorite one go to because they're going to be able to express themselves, you know, Hey, you know, or, you know, um, how are you hoping you can help is a question that's going to open up either. They're going to do two things, right? They're going to come at you fierce and fast. Well, I was hoping you can give me an offer which I want to know anyways, right? right? Because if that, if, if we know that the sale or the appointment's going to go just the money route, I'd rather know like ASAP. Right. Or it can go the other way where they're going to open up and feel comfortable and say, well, I got the situation happening. And well, I was hoping that you can, you know, basically, uh, you know, help me move or whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. you're going to find out right away which way this conversation is going to go. And I like using the word hope because it creates security, right? right. Everybody that hears hope, there's hope. And, and, and what we can do and 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 I want to know which way it's going to go ASAP like fast yeah right. yep so one I always like is Max how would you know you're working with the right person I love that one yeah. right and then they, once they answer they're like okay write all of this down because how yeah, yeah. the answer is like so I did that on one of the calls I don't know if you remember where the guy said mm-hmm. he had four other offers he had four other people mm-hmm. and that's when I asked him I said if you line up if all if all four of them gave you the same offer what is, how would you know which one you go to? What would you need to see or hear from them? Mm-hmm. I don't think he understood that though. I didn't explain it right. Cause yeah. he didn't, he didn't answer it, but I do like that one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
so Daniel Q wants to uh, create a rematch opportunity for him and Max. I don't know. I don't you know. Don't if you're ready, smoke, bro. Yeah, I don't know if you're ready. Um, uh, so IG uh, Critty, uh, what was the average number of years have been the closest have been in the business? Do you have any idea? What's the what? Average number of years closures have been in the business. I would say at least between at least four or five, right? Maybe. I don't know. No, no. Elijah's that. longer, right? Elijah's the old man in the group. Yeah, Elijah's right? the old man Elijah's in the group. Elijah's a super old dude in the group. <laughs> he looks young. That's why Steve calls him the baby face assassin. <laughs> <laughs> so Elijah's by far the oldest. Yeah. Um, I give him I give him crap, but he's he's been doing it the longest of all of us, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Steven Morales. I mean, he's he's been around definitely for a while. been around for a while, but yeah. um, I mean, maybe seven years. Yeah, uh, Aaron Bevins started after us. Uh, Keith Everett uh, started after us. Yeah. Um, who else was there? Uh, Alex Sines has been doing this five years. Uh, well, actually, no, he was not a contestant. No, he was not. A contestant. Uh, Munif, Munif, seven months. Seven months. Daniel Cajano, I don't think he's been doing it for more. RJ than a Bates year. been doing it since 2015. RJ Bates yeah. been doing it for a while, but I would say on average, we're probably between. Three around three years. If, yeah, that's true. If I were the that's guess. true. Yeah, if you take all the newcomers and then because obviously we we've we're probably not that far off either. But yeah, I would say three years, three yeah. years average. So I guess it'd be fair to say I'm the old man in the group. All right. So <laughs> tell tell Daniel, hey Daniel, if you're watching, um, if you slow down a little bit, then you can catch up to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start trying to beat up grandmas, Daniel. <laughs> stop trying to beat up grandmas, man. Stop picking on grandmas. <laughs> Uh, all right, so some other questions because they kept saying on the chat like he's talking too fast. He's talking too fast. Like I, I, I know like his style is awesome and it works really well because um, he's got a good style. Daniel does, and, and I, I listened to your feedback on him, and I, I agreed on you one hundred percent. The feedback you gave he sounded just like RJ last year. Yeah, yeah. just like RJ last year. Yep. Uh, and then Sunday bread day, uh, this guy's putting salt in the game. I don't know what he's talking about exactly. So can you elaborate on that? What that means? Uh, as far as putting salt in the game, I'd love to you know address it. So, uh, Reba Solutions, what is scorching the earth? Mm. I don't think they want to know that. <laughs> well, I, I think this probably goes back in line with uh, uh, Sunday Bread Day's question. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, scorch the earth or salt in the game? It's, it's here's the, here's the problem. So, this is why we use this technique. It's not to put salt in the game, right? What we're seeing a lot of people, uh, well, lately, as of lately, we've seen a lot of uh, the sellers tell us that they've been under contract and they've been left at the closing table, right? Where you got wholesalers that offer exceeding amount of money. And so what happens is that they don't end up closing on the property. They'll either call back for a price drop or they'll leave them, at, they'll leave them with their U-Hauls filled. So one of the things that we started doing is, is, is educating the seller on what to look for. That's because we can close on it, right? Yeah. So we're educating the seller on what to look for if they decide not to go with us. And, and, and we tell them like, look for, for these things. So that way, you know, you're dealing with the real buyer, because again, just because we're wholesaling, we got to maintain some, some type of integrity still, and not, to, not some, you got to have some integrity. You know, these are people's lives that we're dealing with where, even though we're, we're, we're just, even though the end game is to buy the house mm -hmm. at the end, we're buying a house from someone that's got a situation, a real life situation. We're not playing NBA. Uh, was it 2k NBA 2k or whatever? We're not, yeah. we're not playing video games here. We're not Luke over here playing Madden. Like this is, this is real business. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is a real business. Like we're dealing with people's lives. And at the end of the day, um, if it helps them for us to tell them, ask for non-refundable money. Yeah. Tell them zero inspections. There's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. if you can't play in that field, then, you know, you're out. So at the end of the day, right? Like either we regulate ourselves or the government will come and regulate us. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that's 100%. the reality. And so for us, 
we are trying to level up the game. Now, it's going to upset a lot of people that are, are less well-funded. You guys can adjust it appropriately. Yep. But we are setting the standard for us to win. Yep. And also protect the homeowners. Because the thing is, we have been blasted by our peers, actual friends, right? Yeah. They're not vicious about it, but they're like, dude, yeah. what are you guys doing out there, right? And for us, when we're scorching the earth, there's not a single thing we say that if my mom told me she was meeting with Zillow tomorrow. Yep. Or some other buyer that would cancel on you last minute. Um, I would say, Mom, make sure you ask them these questions. Exactly. There's not a single question there that is like out of bounds. 100%. Right? 100%. Um, and so just going back historically, scorching the earth or salting the earth is basically, you know, a warring party attacks and they, they're losing the battle. They retreat and they burn the villages and salt the earth so that they can't, the, the, the other soldiers can't chase them, right? That's yeah. the historical <laughs> reference and for us yeah. you know we, we do it to to um basically blow up our peers mm -hmm. uh if they're in phoenix yeah. right if you guys are not in phoenix you're okay but if you're in phoenix this is what's <laughs> gonna happen you want to share the story with annie yeah so um it, this was a while back and i went to i went to jesse's office and obviously annie and evil already moved in there jesse the burrell annie and evil dragonova with batch yeah, leads. they own they own batch. Um, so I walked in, and the first thing I the first thing I get is like Max. Like I get the finger and I get the yell. Right, Max. I'm like, and I take and I got taken back, and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, were you talking to the seller? Were you? I know it was you because she wants ten thousand dollars non refundable. And I'm like, what are you? And I don't know what you're talking about. Like I know it's you and Pace that do this crap. And then like. <laughs> what's the address? I had no idea what, what the address was. And then she showed me the address. I was like, I absolutely have no idea. I've never talked to that seller. Well, I don't know. And we found out it was, uh, it was, it was Pace later Pace on. Yeah. Days. So, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, um, I think with, with scorching the earth, you know, those could be your three uniques, right. That set absolutely. you apart because, you know, we always talk about what is your competitor doing? What are, what are their, what are their uniques of what they're doing? What are what are our uniques? And some of those can be uniques, right? You're able to be a person that can provide non-refundable money, right? All the way up to ten thousand, right? We we always tell even our students, you can do one thousand to ten thousand, right? We don't always do ten thousand because depending on the deal, how good it is, right? I mean, we actually were uh, our Artie's negotiating one. The guy has ten thousand non-refundable, so he's either talked to Pace or he's talked to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, he came to me today. Hey, the guy wants ten thousand refundable, but the deal is good. It's two eighty five and it's a four hundred and fifty k ARV. So whatever. And in those instances, we would put ten thousand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Nigeria. So the appointment is going more towards the money conversation. How do you proceed? Um. Well, so if I was to ask the question, like, how are you hoping you could help? And right off the bat, they say, "Well, I was hoping you just make me an offer." And my thing is that we do the whole push away, right? And, and we just ask them a question, like, "Is that all you're looking for? Just someone to make you an offer?" Because the, the, the thing is that you, you want to find out if, 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 if the conversation is going the money way, if that's just smoke screens, if, they're, if that's the, their, their only way of defending themselves. So you got to understand the psychology behind it, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people use the money factor just so they can defend themselves, right? They don't want to lay down the cards. So you have to ask a couple questions to figure out if it's a legitimate like, uh, reason uh, for them to, to uh, defend themselves or is if it's actually about the money. So my next question would be like, okay, is that all you were hoping for just for me to make you an offer? And if they tell me, yes, like, Hey, yes, I just want to know what you're going to pay for for the house. I, I automatically back up and I say, Hey, I apologize. I was under the, I was under the assumption that I was here to buy a house, not just make you an offer. 
right? Um, if you're looking for just an offer, I'm not going to be your buyer. You know, um, you can go on Zillow or something. They'll, they'll be more than happy to tell you how much your property's worth. Right. Um, cause a lot of, and, and you know, and, and you want to find out a lot of times the conversation can go a different way, but you still want to find out if that's just a defense mechanism, right? The offer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, guys, um, before I, I add my part here, uh, we do have our all day sales training on December 10th. So if you guys liked what Max had to share, uh, we have our event on Friday, December 10th, all day sales training, um, disruptors.com slash max, go check it out. And the yeah. first 10 people yep. that sign up will get a 30 minute conversation with myself or Max. Yep. One-on-one. One-on-one for 30 minutes for the first 10 people that sign up. Yeah. All right. Can, can I say something else, Steve, on yeah. that? Um, you, you don't want to have a money conversation if you don't know... Uh, you don't want to have a money conversation if you don't know if there's pain or if there's motivation, because at the end of the day, no matter, no matter how much money you offer, if that money doesn't actually uh, solve that problem or solve that pain, it doesn't matter. Right. So one of the things that we do is basically, um, if it comes down just, just for, just at the offer, but we have no pain, no motivation, then we know we're going to deal with someone, no matter how much money you're going to offer them, they're going to sell at the end of the day, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, going back to, you know, just what Max is talking about, right? Like I, I saw so many people talking about the, the property mm -hmm. or the price. Right. And if we're talking about the property or talking about the price. Then we're not having a real conversation as far as how to help them mm -hmm. and what their problem is. Like guys, you got to remember, you know, the, you're dealing with a human being that's going through a difficult situation. And in that difficult situation, we want to figure out whether we can help them or not. Yeah. And whether we can help them or not, partially it's contingent on how much equity they have in their home. Yep. Right. So the property is part of the solution, but yep. it's not about the house. Correct. It's about the problem and experience that they're going through. Yeah. Let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here because someone could be watching. They could be saying, well, what if they don't have pain and maybe they just want to sell? They have gain. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people say that, right? They could have a, an opportunity, uh, you know, an investment opportunity or maybe, uh, but it's still, it's the same thing. It, what, what happens if they miss out on the investment opportunity? Mm -hmm. What happens if they can't get that money to go to the next opportunity? There, there's going to be some pain there, right? Especially right. if they're banking, you got to figure out how is it personal to them? How is that offer going to solve that problem for them personally? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and I think going on, on the conversation about gain because i saw this happen over and over again over the weekend right mm -hmm. like you know you're, why are you selling this property so i got this other opportunity like, okay cool and they just moved on or <laughs> tell me about the property <laughs> right or like hey um you know I'm, I'm looking to uh get out of to quit my job i'm doing this right like we gotta focus on the opportunity at hand and so yeah. you know when someone says like i'm thinking about looking at this opportunity let's talk about that opportunity like exactly. hey you know like What's going on? Like, what are you investing in? Maybe yeah. I'd be interested. Like, you know, I've got yeah. some extra money. Yep. If this is a good opportunity, Max, maybe I want to invest with you. Exactly. Right. So we want to get the prospect excited yep. about the opportunity. And then they're going to start talking about, here's how much I'm going to make annually yep. as far as percentage, or here's how much I'm going to make per month, whatever it is. And after we go through all that, then it's like, okay. Yeah. And oh, you, you're talking about, you're going to be making like a hundred, 200 grand a year on the opportunity. That sounds incredible. Yeah. And the only thing stopping you is this $5,000 over here that we're apart. Yep, exactly. Okay, so I just want to make sure I understand. <laughs> $150,000, 200000 over here. 5000 And it's not worth 
this 5,000 over here to make that, make sure that happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then that's when they're going to say, yeah. Oh no, it, it is. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, when you said about the opportunity, I think it goes back to a couple factors, right? Like, cause you know, Monif did something really well where he would mirror. So, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we're going so fast that, you know, we, we miss that opportunity to say just opportunity. Yeah. create that curiosity so to let them talk because if you notice like on a lot of a lot of the calls that i was doing that's all i was really doing like and especially when it came to the money right mm -hmm. I, I was creating a lot of doubt on their asking price mm -hmm. like a hundred and eighty five thousand mm -hmm. dollars and then they got weary they're like oh <laughs> is that too much what's happening here yeah. and you know we forget it's their data you can't what you know like our sales trainer says right you it's their data let them let them defend it let mm -hmm. them argue for it let them defend it let them argue for it so all right do not add anything to their story right don't paint don't paint uh, seagulls in their picture yeah, don't don't interject your your part of yeah it. don't interject your uh part. so i was just asking did the camera guy faint in front of us <laughs> yes yeah he did he did but he's, he's okay now <laughs> he's gonna be fine he's he's walking it off so it's fine like he should hydrate himself more um so how do you deal with someone next year who someone wants to sell next year due to tax reasons How that's great. That? that's uh that's really great um so it all depends um do they need what's their immediate cash needs that's what you need to find out mm -hmm. so if they're worried about taxes usually it's going to be an investor right that mm -hmm. doesn't want to pay so you got to figure out a solution for them what's the best solution that's going to get them out of that out of that thought frame, right? I think this is where you can get creative. Sure, you know, alpha creative financing. Uh, I'm not the best to explain. I'm getting I'm getting there, right? Because we mm -hmm. didn't do a lot of creative until this year. Right. I mean, it, it actually came out on the call, especially on the last <laughs> one. Yeah, that killed me a little those, bit. Those are your words, not mine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but uh, you know that's why we're doing this. We're doing this breakdown, right? Yeah. So people can know that there's a real person. It's not just like this machine selling. Like mm -hmm. so, uh, for someone that wants to that they want, I think you just got to figure out what's their what's their immediate cash need. You know, how can you help them avoid that tax impact? Um, a lot of times you can do, uh, things where you can, uh, either innovation or maybe do long-term close of escrow. You got to get creative with it, honestly. Yeah. But the only way you can get creative is figuring out what is the exact need that they need to be filled. You know, exactly. cause a lot of those sellers don't need all the cash up front. Um, we went, uh, to an appointment a while back in Prescott and the lady wanted $300,000 for the property, but she was going to get 250. And so we couldn't pay 300,000, right? Because it just was too high. The property needed a lot of, a lot of work. But then we, what we did is we talked to her about doing something creative, which, you know, do a seller carry back. Obviously we didn't use that word. So we, we made, we, we painted the picture, obviously a little slower than on the closest Olympics, mm -hmm. right? You can take your time, draw it out for them. And she, this is the thing she said, she goes, wow, if I take that money, I don't even know what I'm going to do with the 250,000. It's going to sit in my bank account. She goes, so do you mean that I can make you payments every single month? And if something happens to me, those payments could continue to anybody like my grandkids. Like, absolutely. Yep. The way yeah. you want to direct it. And then, and then she's like, oh, and I don't even have to pay taxes, huh? And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so again, just try, try to, you know, you have to figure out what that need is and get creative on that. Yep. Uh, so uh, the way I would approach it, um, Burak, uh, Burkett is there, there's two different things right it's the first one is okay so i just want to make sure i understand this mm -hmm. you're trying to make sure that your taxable event is next year not this year yeah and they say yeah i want to get my taxable event next year versus this year it's like okay not a problem at all so uh then it sounds like what you want to do is make sure the close of escrow occurs beginning of the year and they say yep. yes all right perfect we can do that right and we're just going to have at this moment a 60-day close exactly. it will close beginning of the year and that's not an issue 
Now, I would also follow up with, so I just want to make sure I understand this. Were you trying to reduce your taxes for this year or were you trying to reduce your taxes altogether? Mm-hmm. And there's somewhere to say, what do you mean? It's like, well, I mean, what some investors do is they like to spread out the tax event, the taxable consequences over 20 years. Yep. I don't know if that's something you'd be interested in. No, and I then don't. have them like, well, what's that? And then talk about yeah. finance. So, yep. but yeah, that's how we would deal with someone that's got a, uh, uh, a, t- a tax wants to sell next year due to tax reasons. Okay, so Krista Myers, next question is, how should I approach homeowners if I'm a realtor and also a wholesaler? So I guess it comes back to, are you a realtor first or you're a wholesaler first, right? So if 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 you're a wholesaler first, obviously you want to, you, you, you basically, you're, you're in a good position because you can get the deal locked up out of there on the spot. You don't have to, like myself, right? I have to refer it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to be smart about it. Um, I think when, you know, he's got to ask himself, is he, a, is he a realtor first or is he a wholesaler first? And that way he can take the approach. Now, um, if he's a realtor first, then, you know, obviously that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. So what I would say, what I would suggest is you want to, you want to attack it as a problem solver. Yeah. You're not a wholesaler. You're not a realtor. Yep. You are a problem solver. Right. And we get paid directly proportional to the kind of problems that we can solve. So you approach it with a blank slate. The way I've always done it, uh, back before I partnered with Max and I was doing this on my, on my own. I would show the appointment and I would say, you know, let's talk about your situation, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 15, 20 minutes, in, it's like, it kind of sounds to me like you're trying to get the most amount yeah. of money for your home. And they're going to look at you like, obviously, and say, okay, no problem. Can I show you how we can do that? And we go the realtor route. Yeah. Or I could say, it seems like you're trying to get this over and done with in the next 14 days. And again, they're like, obviously, haven't you been paying attention? Okay. <laughs> can I show you how we do that? But we're labeling yeah. what we're witnessing and having to confirm. And once they've confirmed, now we can branch yeah. off. One thing, um, that's, you know, one thing that you remind me of while you're sharing that example is that a lot of times we don't really pay attention to how the conversation's going. And, and we, we, we react, right? And, and, and sales guys react because they want to hear themselves talk, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to listen and mirror and offer those solutions like you're talking about. So another tip for him is that listen to how the conversation's going and offer and tailor that solution based on the what you're feeling that the, that the seller wants. And you're going to solve that problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have yeah. to listen first. There's a book, Active Listening. <laughs> you have to check it out. Active Listening 2.0 by Active Listening 2.0. Steve Trank. Uh, Sabrina Marie on Facebook wants to know, did you record your seller calls when you were first getting started? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I recorded all of them. I would go back and listen to them. Um, it would help. It helps so that way you can identify where you're struggling at. Um, I never did this. I know some people that you actually put mirrors as well too. So they can always have that smile when they're talking and they come across a lot friendlier, but yeah, I recorded every single call. Yep. That's very mature and grown of you. I've never done that. Uh, <laughs> so that's incredible. Uh, uh, Alberto Vidana, I'm walking through property today. Common rookie mistakes to avoid. I think this is like a whole nother podcast, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give you two tips. Okay. Because we can be here all day with yeah. the, with the, with the actual face-to-face appointment. The first thing you got to do is do a uh, prep, a pre prep appointment or prep before the appointment. So what you got to do is you got to figure out what is the outcome that you want. Obviously, it's going to get the contract, right? Um, you want to make sure that you write down at least three objections that you know that you're going to get to prepare yourself mentally for. Because what happens a lot of times we go into the house unprepared and we get these things thrown at us, right? And, and if you're not ready for them, you're going to either stutter or you're going to feel like you're going to seem like 
you're just trying to sell the seller, right? By overcoming them. So I'm a big believer in that. Just writing down at least three objections that you think that you're going to uh, run into that are going to be high. Typically, it's going to be something like how much you're going to offer. You know, uh, come look at the house. Just walk in, look at the house. Uh, the other thing, too, is, hey, I got to think about it. That's mm-hmm. going to be huge. So those three things, you got to have to know how to overcome them. The last thing I'm going to give you advice on is position yourself in a way where the seller doesn't lead you to just walk the house and then give me an offer. Yeah. Uh, we're huge on that. I mean, I can we can spend a whole hour talking about that. Yeah, so I'll just give a few here. Uh, it's going to be a, a list. Uh, first one is I see a lot of comment. I see a lot of rookie salespeople believe that they're good salespeople when they're not even close to mm-hmm. being quality salespeople. Right. And so what happens is they've won so much in their career, either in sales or outside of sales, through their smile, yeah. their wink, and their and, and their charisma. And the golf clubs in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And hey, I'm not gonna sit here sit here and tell you it doesn't work. It works. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. So that's yeah. the first thing. Second thing, um, allowing a prospect to tell you they need to think about it. I suffered this mistake yeah. for 100%. Many, many years, right? I, I left countless millions of dollars on the table allowing, uh, think about it, right? And so I think, you know, when someone's telling you I need to think about it, I just want you to hear it as I'm not sold because we know we people buy yeah. uh, emotionally and then justify it intellectually. So if, they, if they're telling you the words, I need to think about it, that just means yeah. they're not sold, right? Yep. So that's the second thing, accepting I need to think about it. now, how to overcome it. It's a whole nother story, right? <laughs> but accepting it, that's a rookie mistake. And the yep. third thing is... People telling us, oh, man, you seem so nice. You're such a good person. Mm-hmm. I really like you. I really like you. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, right? All, all, all these uh, uh, compliments and, and showing how nice you are, that's a very friendly way of saying, get the hell out of my that's house. That's the friend zone. Yeah, and in a way it is, for yeah. sure, 100%. Yeah. You know, Max, you seem so sweet. I, I, you're such a good guy, you know? I, man, I really appreciate you coming over. <laughs> and that's it, yeah. right? It's like... Um, Think about it. Every time you had a difficult conversation, like you had to say something really difficult, what'd you do? Hey, how you doing today? Yeah, you know, like, you, know, you having a good day, right? And yeah. then they'll tell you the difficult thing. So yeah. salespeople will tell you, you know, talking or about sellers how you, will tell you that. Talking, talking about how you're doing, uh, again, because we want to talk about the good, but we also want to talk about some things that you and I kind of t- uh, discussed a little bit. Using how you're doing in the beginning, what, what do you think about that, Steve? No comment. <laughs> What do, what do we call it? The hate crime, right? You commit the hate crime. How you yeah. doing today? I'm not a big fan of that because... Why do, why, why do we call it a hate crime? Why do we call it a hate crime? Yeah. Uh, why do we call it a hate crime? It's an acronym. How are you today? <laughs> H-A-Y-T. Yeah. All right, continue. So so what I think is that just like, you know, I think Daniel on your live yesterday say he didn't really like it. Probably caught you at a bad time. Mm-hmm. Right? He didn't like that statement because he felt like maybe the reason they're picking up the phone is because, you know, um, they're, they got, they're available, but mm-hmm. not necessarily is that true. Um, you know, but with how you, how you're doing today, that can easily be, uh, rejected, right? My dog died mm-hmm. or I'm not doing so well. Like yeah. you're creating an, and the way I look at it is you create an unnecessary objection that you need mm-hmm. to overcome. Yeah. And that's why, like when I was doing my calls, right. I'm very, one thing that Byron kept saying, like, this guy is, has like the script, like he's, I can tell, like, you know, but you, that's the, that's the framework, right? I don't deviate from the frame, framework. I don't, I don't go away from it because it works. Right. Right. I don't try to wing it. I, I don't try to, you know, come up with my own stuff and, and, uh, in in the middle of the game, like the game plan's already set. Yeah. You know, we got the, whether we have 10 plays or 15 plays, they're all going to be used. The game plan's set already. Yeah. We're so I want you guys to think that. about this, right? Like every great chess uh, grandmaster, right? 
They got their favorite opening move. They mm-hmm. know every opening move. They've right. mastered every opening move, but they all have their favorite opening moves, right? If you look at uh, NFL teams, right, they got their first 15 plays mapped out. They're going to run. Uh, and in basketball, right, like yeah. players have their favorite area to shoot from, and they have these moves to get them to their favorite spot. Yep. Right. So you have to have a, a methodology to get there. So the other thing, too, is uh, if you're talking about, you know, how you're doing today, there's three outcomes mm-hmm. and none of them are good for you. <laughs> right. First one is, man, Max, I'm so glad you asked me. I woke up early this morning, went to play ball, <laughs> was texting with my buddies, uh, you know, got a good workout in, took the kids to school. But like all this stuff, which is just removing any kind of momentum and towards a cell. Yeah. Or. Man, Max, you know, I'm so glad you called me today. Like, I mean, my dog just passed. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't even know I'll get out of bed today. You don't want to sell the house? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's not a good situation. Or third mm-hmm. is the sales guard or the guard goes all the way up. Yeah. Oh, red alert, red flag. Sales guy. Sales guy. Sales right? guy. Yeah. So there's three outcomes from how you're doing today, and yeah. none of them are good. Yeah, no. It, it, that goes back to, like, you know, um, the other thing, too, I got some feedback was, you never um i got a message saying you never use i'm looking for mm-hmm. i'm trying to reach um uh, i had two people reach uh message me about that mm-hmm. and i said that that was interesting because they hear a lot of people use that i'm trying to reach steve mm-hmm. i'm trying to reach mr strang or i'm looking for mr mr trang like you know what we're gonna start cold dming people and we're gonna say i'm trying to reach <laughs> <laughs> no i you know we obviously we it, it took a long time for us to uh to to change that even with our sales guys like when we were on this side of the office i you know my office was like right across the right across the hallway so when ryan started with us he had the hardest time to get away from them trying to reach so i would run over there i'm calling because <laughs> not not i'm trying to reach yeah it's there's a lot of bad habits for us to to avoid uh, yeah. to 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 undo yep yeah there's a lot of it. Uh, so uh, next thing was uh, Reba is asking, how is a novation agreement different from a signing? Um, so novation agreement, you, it's, it's almost like you partner up with the seller, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the with the side note of, you know, you're the one that's actually in the driver's seat. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know anyone yeah. else to, to explain it. So for a novation agreement, Reba, basically what happens is a signing is A to B, B to C, mm-hmm. right? And you get paid the difference between those contracts. Innovation is A to B, and then you remove yourself and go A to C. Yep. And so with A to C, you can actually sell it with traditional financing, FHA, VA, conventional, and so on. So that's the difference. Uh, you can sell it. You can contract at a slightly higher price because you're selling it to a retail buyer. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking at innovations, I highly recommend Brewer Method. You know, that's mm-hmm. ran by my, uh, my good buddy, Eric Brewer. Yep. Another savage closer. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... You know, go to brewermethod.com to learn more about innovations. But basically what happens is uh, you're able to contract it higher and make yep. just as much money or more by doing innovation versus assigning. Yeah. You know, one thing, too, I saw um, a lot of people were, were, were bashing the option agreement that Munif got. I don't think a lot of people know about the, the option agreement. Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, um, you know, obviously we use that a lot in our business. This year, a little less for some reason. I think our guys are doing really well negotiating the, pro- the offer. buying it deeper this year. Yeah, they're buying a lot deeper. So, but last year, I think we, man, we made, we had to at least make anywhere between 80 to 100 on, on option agreements. And the option agreement basically is just the one page, uh, one page, um, non-exclusive agreement that allows you to market the property, right? You have mm-hmm. equitable title. Or equitable interest, I guess, if you want to use that. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, got, I get hit. I got hit with a $500 fine. First time I ever got hit with a code of ethics violation for a yeah. typo. Not a typo. A, a, was it? It's 
Semantics. Got it. Yeah. And you're always getting in trouble, bro. <laughs> first time I actually got in trouble. I'm always in front of somebody. You're always in front of somebody, but, but that's the first time I actually that's got That's like in uh, when they ask me, like, I, I've never been in trouble. I've never, it's because you never got caught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so the way the option agreement works is like this Steve, we're at your house, and, you know, obviously, this is where we're far apart. It's similar in a way to where you're far apart on innovation, little, but obviously a lot different. So if we're if we're twenty thousand dollars apart, there's a possibility that I'm not I don't want to run a full purchase contract on it because we don't do retrades. We don't do any of that. You know, we don't we don't try to price drop, uh, you know, 10 days before closing. None of that. So in this case, what I would say, look, Steve, um, we're about twenty thousand dollars apart. You know, obviously, that's something that I'm, I'm not going to be able to pay. What I can tell you is we do have a large investment network that that works with us. And a lot of times because they buy the properties to put them as rentals, they tend to pay a lot more. Now I can show them that property. Um, the only thing I would need from you is I would need a one page permission slip. We never say option agreement because obviously the sellers have no idea. What the heck is an option? Yeah. What is an option? Right. And most people, most people will say that. Yeah. So in, in, in our, in our sales training, we teach that you know, don't use or sorry, in our two day workshop, we tell them how to, we teach that you don't say an option, you say a, a permission slip. Mm hmm. So then I'll say the only thing I would need is I would need you to sign a one page permission slip. That's why it gives me permission to show them the property. Now, here's what's cool about that is once they say yes, right to that, because the seller's already under distress or where the case may be, they absolutely don't want to deal with the sale of the property. So even though it's a non-exclusive one page uh, option agreement, once they sign on the on, on, on the line, guess what happens? Commitment, hmm? right? They're mentally sold mentally sold mentally committed and now guess what you now have an opportunity without tying the seller down right without you executing a full purchase agreement then you go out and market it and you might get offers whether it's you know ten thousand more fifteen thousand more and then you can bring them back to the seller and say hey here's where we're at negotiate a little bit and then you can make five to ten grand just on something that you wouldn't make money on absolutely yeah, yeah. Yep. totally underutilized um, underutilized alberto vedano wants to know um i'm sorry Albert Vasquez wants to know what dialer are we using right now? So our co-callers for they're using call tools 2.0. Um, our acquisition guys internally are using uh, SMS 360. That's built into Salesforce though. Right. So we're using Salesforce. Yeah, we're using Salesforce. I don't think SMS 360 is an individual platform you can buy that I'm aware of. No, I think it's a plugin. Yeah, but uh, Call Tools 2.0, we've used, if we're going to use a dialer, like when Carlos was doing a lot of dialing, he was using Call Tools 2.0. Yeah. yeah, Carlos on our team. Carlos on our team, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, uh, again, just want to emphasize if you guys are interested, all day, December 10th in our office, we're going to have a bunch of people coming. Yeah. If you guys are interested, right, the first 10 people that go to disruptors.com slash max sign up for yeah. all day sales training. You will get a 30 minute one-on-one with either myself or with Max. Yeah. And please guys continue to ask your questions. I want you guys yeah. to, to jump into this. I want to say something, Steve, about the, the workshop, right? And, and I'm not bringing this up because a lot of people have asked me, like, what do you guys teach in your workshop? Mm -hmm. um, everything that we're talking about right now, there's actually a strat. There's, there's, there's a, me there's a method to the madness, madness, right? Um, and on that one day workshop, sales training workshop, we break that down all the way from how to use, you know, the, the sales process, you know, how to, how, how to start the conversation. What do you say in the middle of conversation? All these questions that you guys are asking about scorching the earth about, you know, how do we deal with the seller that's aggressive? How do we, how do we deal with the seller that's asking how much do you offer? You know, how do we deal with the seller that's asking market value? We go through the whole process. Now, 
a lot of people that come to the workshop, I, what they do is they take the they take what they've learned and they tailor tailor it to who they are. That's one thing that I've noticed, right? And we've had students who've who've become very successful taking it. And a lot of times they don't even use everything, but mm -hmm. they take at least a third or half of the stuff. I mean, we can probably sit here all night and just talk about the success stories, right? That we've had from people who've used it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the, the coolest thing is, is watching our students that have gone mm -hmm. through and have, have had massive success. And the really cool thing with what we teach is that it's a huge lever point, right? Like you have yeah. massive leverage. Like you spent all of this money on marketing. You spent mm -hmm. all this activity and so on. Yeah. And just being able to close just a little bit yeah. more, right? Just a 10% increase in appointments, 10% increase yeah. in signed contracts, and 10% more of those signed contracts closing because I've noticed some people have happy ears. <laughs> right? Commission breath. Commission breath, right? So if you can just improve your, your revenue by just 30%, that normally is like a double in profit. Yeah. Right? 100%. Just a little bit. And so, yeah, we love the success that our students have had. Exactly. Um, you know, one, one thing that, uh, you know, obviously you guys, a lot of you saw the Closer Olympics. A lot of you saw a lot of the things that we use. There's still... A whole like just a whole another world of the things that we teach, not just the stuff that I use there. Because um, when I got to the close Olympic, I shared with you, right? I was I got to, I, I changed my strategy and I was like, I'm going to go this route and I was sold on it. Like, I'm going to do it. But yeah, we we will teach you how to actually write your own sales framework, your 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 sales process so that way you can go back. That's one thing that one thing that I that I that I always get feedback on, like we always they always tell us like you guys have such a stringent such a a, a sales process that it's crazy to see right like mm -hmm. we don't wing anything right. <laughs> right we might mess it up we might butcher <laughs> it like i did right on, <laughs> on, on some of the calls yeah. but we don't wing anything in our office our sales guys they they have the they have the process written down and so they the feedback is always like that's amazing to see. And I'm, and I always ask like, how can we say is like, cause I see a lot of people that just like to wing it. They like to run the appointments by the seat of their pants. Right. Well, absolutely. And I think yeah. that's, that's normal because until you and I learned the sales process yeah, just a course. few short years ago, of course, right. It was like, Oh, he has it. Yeah. It. Right. And we don't know what it is. We can't, we can't articulate it. We can't uh, quantify it. It's just, he has it. And now yeah. we have a framework, but now we have something to operate within. So, yeah. uh, you know, just for the example where I said earlier, you know, I don't suppose you probably don't have one of those DVRs that has a pause on it. <laughs> right. We're not, creating something totally brand new no. that is our negative yeah. statements that's assumptive or max feels compelled to correct me and tell me yeah. what i want him to tell me <laughs> i want him to tell me that he can pause the tv and the way i get him to tell me he can pause the tv is i'm going to tell him that he can't yep right yep. so we have a just a little bit more sophisticated methodology yeah of what we learned in elementary school, which was neg uh, reverse psychology. Yeah. Right. Um, the story I've used, you know, I, I back when I worked at Intel in California, mm -hmm. we were out drinking, right? And at this time, I'm like 23, uh, co workers are 23, and we're out downtown Sacramento drunk. And this one guy's walking around bare feet. I don't know why. <laughs> and I just told him, hey, $5 says you can't climb on top of that building. And he did. And he did it. <laughs> <laughs> but why? Because I told him he, he couldn't, couldn't do, do it. it. Yeah. And exactly. that's the same thing. Right? I didn't say, hey, Max, can you pause the TV? Who the hell are you? Yeah, exactly. Right? Defensive. Probably, probably don't have one of those DVRs as a pause button. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you do? Sure. Okay. Probably don't want to pause it right now. <laughs> and it's that framework. It's the assumptive statements, the negative statements, the takeaways that yeah. 
gets Max to tell me what I want to hear. Yeah, no, uh, I think was another thing, a lot of feedback. And I think even from some of the judges that I can remember is was the push, the takeaways, right? The pushback, the the uh, the negative, you know, going negative uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of the sellers. Uh, the other thing, too, that was interesting is um, was the the pot, the the interruption So they were like, man, that was crazy how you did that, how. Hold on, Steve. Hold on, Steve. Um, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm writing this down as fast as I can. And I want to make sure that I write down everything you're telling me. And they're like, oh, even one guy was laughing on the on the phone. He's like, oh, you're trying to write all this down? I'm like, yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not trying to be rude, interrupt you, but uh, I want to make sure that I hear and, and write down everything that you're telling me. And then me. you get to start breathing again. Yeah, and you can start breathing and you get the sale going because... sellers tend to have um their way of of doing things so they're going to lead you down a path and i think we saw some of our some of our um uh what is it co-closers right that were that were being led you know and they didn't want to interrupt the seller which is fine right because you don't want to be rude you want to be respectful want to build rapport but you know there is a way to do it where you can still continue building rapport and get the sale moving forward yeah yeah uh andres two-day sales training we go in person is it recorded for us to view later or is it just a two-day training or are there training videos? I'll answer this one. So uh, we have two different things that we do. So we have all-day, one-day sales training. And if you come, it is recorded for you to view later. Yep. The two-day that Max is mentioning is a different event, which is where we go and break down our entire business, right? How we're going to do a million dollars this year uh, with over 50%, over 50% profitability, right? Yep. So. That's a whole different thing. So what we're talking about is just the all-day sales training. But yep. yes, there will be videos uh, for those that, that yep. purchase. And then uh, Sonia wants to know how many millions we've made so far. Uh, we've made a lot, but I don't think that was really the question. You wanted to ask. I think you were on to ask how many millionaires we've made. And I would also answer a lot. Yeah, 100%. You know, I want to say something real quick, clear, clear it up. Like the, we also want you to come to the one-day workshop on December 10th. That's where you're going to get the ability to book a call, you know, 30 minute call one on one so we can help you in your business with Steve, not on the two day workshop, just to get create a little clarity on that. So the the one day sales training is December 10th for the first 10 people that sign up is going to have access to either Steve or myself, whoever you want to book the call with. Um, we'll set up a strategy Would you know, you'll have us for 30 minutes and basically we're going to be, we're going to help you on anything that you need in your business. Um, we'll help you build your sales framework, your sales process. You're obviously going to come to the, to the, to the workshop, but a lot of times you'll have questions. So for the first 10 people that sign up, we're going to be able to help you answer those questions. Cause a lot of times you go to a workshop or you go to events, you leave with all this information. And a lot of times you don't know which way to tailor it. So for the first 10 people that sign up, we're going to spend 30 minutes with you. Potentially, a lot of times, Steve and I are generous. Could be long, depending on what's going on in the day. But if you Max sign up. Max might be generous. <laughs> but if you do sign up, the first 10 people, we're going to help you to answer those questions and, and, and build your sales process for you. Yeah, awesome. And then Alizette on YouTube wants to know, how do you build rapport with a seller that's dealing with death? I think you have to just show empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're talking really soft and they're crying you have to show empathy. You have to acknowledge uh, what they're telling you. <laughs> you can't just skim over and like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. So what are you going to do with the property? <laughs> you know, you got to you, you got you to figure out. The first thing is you got to figure out if they're in the right mindset to mm-hmm. talk about even selling the property. Yep. So, you know, some questions would be like, oh, you know, you obviously soften off your tone, soften up your tone. Be empathetic and say, okay, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, when did this happen? Mm-hmm. Right? Start start asking those questions. When did this happen? 
um, you know, obviously how's this impacting you right now? Um, what are some things that you've considered doing, right? Let them tell you what's on their mind and you'll get to see like what's going on. I think I had a call like that, right? I don't remember. I had a call where somebody was in hospice. I ended the call pretty quick because I could tell in the voice she was, she wanted to talk probably to get away from the situation, but mm-hmm. I knew she wasn't in the right mindset, uh, mindset to talk about business. Yeah. Um, and I asked her those questions and she's like, I, and, and every time I would ask her a question to move her forward a little bit to probe her, I don't know. I don't know. And I can hear the stress. So that's when I ended the call on that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Barricade, I'm probably butchering their name. Uh, how <laughs> yeah, do you maintain with names, man? I am. How do you maintain a good contact? How do you maintain your contact rate at a good rate? They're changing the numbers daily and the contact rates drop if they don't. Uh, for the callers, I'm assuming he's asking. Yeah, for the dialer. So the dialer, you what we found out is you got to have no less than 10 uh, DIDs, which is the caller IDs. And I think we're at 20. Yeah, we moved up to 20 now. And what, what that does is that it allows each number to call 100 numbers and then it'll switch to the other one so they don't get burned. So mm-hmm. you're so if you want to dial 2000 numbers, then you got to have 20 DIDs, 20 caller IDs. And the numbers are getting so that way the numbers are rotating and they're not getting burned as fast. Yep. Yeah. Alberto it Vas- costs though. It costs. <laughs> it does cost. Yeah. Uh, Albert Albert Vasquez wants to know what's a good text blast script. Um, if it's the initial script, honestly, it, it's tough depending on the on the platform you're using. I know mm-hmm. a lot of these platforms now are very restricted. You can't use. Hey, I'm considering. I would say leave it simple. You know, if you have the name, say something like, "Hey, Steve," and wait for your response because that's the key, right? That's the that's the uh, if you want to call it an algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. For for the carrier is you have to respond. Now we're engaged in a conversation. Right. So leave it very vague, like, hey, Steve. Hi, Steve. Steve, I don't know if you can help me. Leave it like that. Do not add property. I'm looking to buy. None of that stuff. Yeah. You know, I think a really interesting thought experiment is when you go through Instagram or Facebook and you get those messages from people outside your sphere. And then once you responded, yeah. now you can have a conversation. Now you can have a conversation. Right? It's the same thing with text. <laughs> so yeah. it's just a, a way to visually uh, see that. Like your message is, no, is not whitely, whitelisted until, yeah. until that occurs. Yeah, until that occurs. Um, what's a good... Uh, so as far as the text blast script, you know, something I was just thinking about is we do have our texts, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our, our boilerplate text for like, here's how to respond to all these different responses. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we have like four, three or four pages of it. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. So... I think we should sell it. Yeah. I mean, we have it. So I'm going to talk to Larry about that. Larry, can you just add it to our scripts? Hey, Larry, can you put this for sale right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Andres wants to know, when's the next two-day sales training? Uh, so the next two-day workshop is going to be in February. Not sure which days yet. So that will be in February. Two-day workshop will be February. Next all-day sales training will be on December 10th. Uh, on YouTube, Jeremy wants to know, at what point in the call do you know if it's worth further discussion or you should move on to the next level? That's, that is a no pun intended next level question. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so if you watch the Close Olympics, you saw for me it, right away is that if you, I guess for you, you have to have a good introduction, right? Like I have, like you have to be assertive when you're calling someone. You can't just say, I'm looking for, I'm trying to reach Obviously, if you have the information in front of them, just use it. And then you get to the point where you have to tell them why you're calling. You know, hey, I'm calling because X, Y, Z. You spoke to my team everywhere that is. Now, one thing that you want to start off the conversation with is you want to make sure that you allow them to talk, right? You may have notes. You may want to pitch whatever you want to do. Don't do that. 
you know, one thing that I was doing on the Closer Olympics, I'm like, look, I have notes here, but obviously, you know, the notes don't always tell the true story. What I wanted to know from you is how come you're considering selling right now? Two things that if they say, well, because of this, that X, Y, Z, my next question is, how are you hoping I can help? Mm -hmm. This is where you're going to know which way to take that call, because now you're going to know it's, well, I just want to know what you're going to pay. I just want to know, or here's what's going on in my situation. Can you help me? Yeah. And I think just something that you just kind of brush by, which is important for everyone that's listening, right? And this is where I kind of was saying, like, sometimes you can't see why this works. Right. So Max is saying, you know, I know we have notes here, but I want to hear from you. The reason why... Have you guys talked to a seller? It's like, hey, I have these questions. Like, I already, your team already talked to me about this. I already told them everything, right? Yeah. So you, we have this script to deal with that so that objection doesn't come up. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because people are always looking for the, for the perfect script. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, there is no perfect script. The point, though, of a script is to try to avoid as many objections as possible. Yeah. If you can tailor your script to do that, then that's a perfect script for me. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another thing too is, and, and Jeremy, this is a really uh, great point and something that we're gonna, when we get to lead manager training, uh, you know, hopefully very, very soon, uh, we're gonna talk about it further, but there is something in trying to qualify is this a lead that we hang up on or a lead that we continue? Yep. And the, the easy answer is you just need more reps. That's it. You just need more reps, right? That's the easy answer. Uh, the closest there's to a shortcut is we can qualify and say, hey, Jeremy, look, it kind of sounds like uh, you, even if I gave you an offer right now that checked all the boxes, you wouldn't be interested in working with us. And the guy says, nope, for That's sure it. that lead is dead. Yeah, that right? lead is dead. 100%. That lead is dead. Yeah. Right. Uh, this happened with you with the guy with the mountain view. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking to him like, hey, it doesn't sound like this is going to work. I'm going to head out. And the guy's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't leave yet. <laughs> right. And that guy was still a terrible lead. It was. Yeah. But um, terrible lead and that we're not going to close him. Uh, but um, when you move and you leave and they won't let you leave. Now you got a viable, prospect. Yeah. not a good lead, but mm-hmm. a viable. Yeah, they're lead. engaged. They're engaged. So for me, it's 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 either. Here's the way I put it. It's really simple. If you don't have an engaged prospect, you have a dead prospect, honestly. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is that engagement means that when I ask a question, you're gonna you're you're answering the question. When I make a statement, you're you're we're basically, you know, we're playing a game, right? And so any game you play, besides maybe like checkers, chess, you can play by yourself possibly. I mean, it sucks probably to pay t- uh, play tennis by yourself, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to hit the ball and then go back and run it. So right. you gotta have you gotta have a partner when you're talking to sellers. They need to be engaged with you. That's a really, uh, that's a red light for me. If I don't have an engaged prospect that's mm-hmm. answering my questions, that's really, you know, or they're just being aggressive. Like, I don't want to answer that. I don't even want to talk to you. That, then, you know, like move on right away. Right. Yeah. And that's just that. Uh, the, the counterfeit yes is, 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 yes is harder to detect, right? So a lot yeah. of our scripts is designed to avoid the counterfeit yeses. But if you're moving forward, if you're, I'm not trying to say pushy, but if you're, trying to close a deal you're going to get a lot of counterfeit yeses and that's the reason why we're never pressing forward we're always neutral and they're closing us because if we're closing us there are no counterfeit yeses you know max if i can pay your price will you sign today yeah i'll sign it today okay perfect i can pay that price well i still need to talk to you yep right yeah but i say hey max if i can pay your price what happens next like well i mean i guess we have a deal yep deal means yeah, you can't get more excited than the prospect. <laughs> yeah, you have to be less excited than the prospect for sure. Yeah. 100%. All right, so that's all the questions that I'm seeing. So we'll go ahead and wrap up here. So guys, we do have, right, again, for emphasis, 
All day sales training, December 10th, disruptors.com slash max. If you guys are interested, uh, again, first 10 people that sign up, you're going to get a 30-minute call with either myself or with Max to talk about anything in your business. If you guys got value today, please like, subscribe, share, comment. I'm only seeing 24 likes with 63 people watching on YouTube. You know, like my friend Kong would say, smash that like button. Um, and joining me next week, we got Abe Shreve. He runs one of the top real estate coaching companies in the country, Maps Coaching, and we're going to be talking about mindset. Uh, so before we head out, last thoughts. Yeah, um, I want to say this. Most people, and or most people in sales anyways, I'm going to go back to this, is that they run by the seat of their pants, right? And they, and a lot of times is that they might be good in, the, in their raw ability at some point, but at some point in your career, you need to establish a sales process, a sales fr- framework that is repeatable, that it's that you're always winning, right? And that you can use time, time again. And if you don't have that, you're you're missing out on a lot of opportunities just because you can't keep running appointments. You can't keep running calls from the seat of your pants. You got to get organized. You got to have a sales process that you can rinse and repeat every single time. Haim says, what's up? I don't say, what's up? What's up, Haim? Uh, if someone wants to get hold of you, how do they get hold of you? Yeah, so the easiest way is Instagram. Um, that's the most that I'm active of. Active on, and you can reach me at Real Max Jimenez at Real Max Jimenez. Um, DM me, and uh, I'll definitely respond. That's true because he doesn't respond to text messages, emails, no, um, Slack. <laughs> Barely answers my phone calls. So touche. So DM him on Instagram if you want to get a hold of him. And we even need then, to talk about the judges, but it's all good. And even then, Godspeed, Godspeed. All right, cool, Later, guys. <laughs>